What's going on, Flames Nation? And welcome to the 2-0 party, the week three edition of the Sea of Red football podcast. I am joined with the man who is all things a Sea of Red, who is all things Liberty Athletics, the notorious J-O-N, John Manson. John, how we living today? You said it all, man. 2-0, Richie. Can't, can't be much better. Can't be any better uh, two weeks into the season. Uh, offense looked really good. Caden Salter looked really good. Uh, you're rocking the Malik Willis 7 NIL OG shirt tonight. We're ready to go. Yeah, and I'm, I'm not going to lie, John. I think after that, the, the first two drives, I think there was a, a bit of a panic, I think. I remember looking on social media and after – uh, you know, Salter's fumble, and that was really his, his only mistake he, he's had all season. Um, thank you, Paul. Uh, I think there was that, oh, my gosh. Diego just drove down the field and scored. We got into the red zone, and there was a fumble. And then after that, it was, I, I, I think, everyone kind of kind of had a, uh, you know, was able to breathe a sigh of relief, relief uh, approaching halftime and then, and then beyond. But it really was that initial, oh, my gosh, what's happening? Did you get that same vibe, you know, you were in the press box. What was that feeling for you like after that Salter fumble? Oh, yeah. You know, it, it, back up to their their original drive when they got the ball in six plays, uh, what, 65 yards, they scored a touchdown. Uh, we're pretty much moving the ball at will against us. It was a little scary, a little bit of flashbacks to last November. Uh, same play, same teams, different coaches. And uh, then, you know, Liberty responded. We came right back down, got back into – I think we were down to around the 30, maybe just inside the 30-yard line, and Caden fumbles. And I had a little bit of nerves, you know, because I'm sitting there thinking, oh, no, here we go. Uh, we've seen this before. But uh, to the defense's credit, they came back and got a quick three and out. And then from there, the offense was pretty much unstoppable the rest of the night, scored six straight, scored on six straight drives and kind of, you know, seized control of the game, especially with that, uh, you know, that Bryling. I, I really think that Bryling Green INT right before halftime. And then we turned around and got three points on the board going into halftime. And then I think that turned it. And then that nine minute, nine plus minute drive to open the second half where we go up by two scores at that point in time, that kind of just cemented New Mexico state's fate. They were just down in the dumps and we took any, a uh, little bit of momentum that they may have any little bit of uh, hope that they might have and just, you know, buried it and, and uh, never looked back from there. No, I agree. And I think it speaks to such a testament of the maturity of Caden Salter for him to come back from that fumble and throw one of the best balls I have ever seen in my entire life. You know, I think of right off the bat, I think of Buckshot's uh, throw to AGG against Rutgers. I think of Caden Salter's throw right there. That is as good as you're going to see it. And to, to bounce back from the fumble and play a near perfect game the rest of the way. But yeah, after that first drive, I was like, oh, is Jamie Chadwell going to Michigan State? Are we doing this again? But uh, it 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 uh it swung itself back. So as but, always, but real quick before we go go any further, I just wanted to jump in there and say, um, I really think, and I don't want to put the cart before the horse, but I really think this offense has a chance to be special. I mean, if you're a defensive coordinator, what do you try to take away? You know, we've got three running backs that we've seen so far: Vaughn Blue, Billy Lucas, and uh, Quentin Cooley that can run for a hundred yards. We saw basically two of them do it. Then you got Caden Salter, which we know what he can do with his legs. 
and then you throw in that 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 triple option and then also his ability to make passes downfield um i think as long as we don't shoot ourselves in the foot with turnovers this offense can be one of the best we've seen here in a long time and that's no offense to Malik Willis or any other uh, recent player or Buckshot Calvert. Uh, I, I think this offense has, has a chance to be very special. It is, and it's it's not just one-dimensional. It's not just two-dimensional. We talked earlier in the beginning of the year on the, the pre-show talking about that tight end piece, and I think that that is going to be uh, – we saw another t- uh, touchdown from a tight end on Saturday, and I think going forward it really is, like you said – Teams are going to have to kind of pick your poison and, and try to stop one piece of it. But there's no better uh, two people to talk about, especially about Liberty's offense, than our two next guests. You saw them last week. You're going to see them next week, and you're going to see them this week. We are going to be joined live by Mr. Jason Porter and Liberty offensive lineman, Mr. Brendan Schlittler. Hey guys. Hey, how we doing, guys? What's up? What's up? Jason, how's it going tonight? Get uh, another win on the airways with Mr. Alan York. How did everything go for you up in the booth? Yeah, it was great. It was a, it was a super exciting game to call, and uh, you guys alluded to it in the in the uh, intro here, talking about it. It was just a lot of fun watching the uh, watching the activity, and uh, man, Flames Nation was alive. William Stadium was rocking. Yeah, definitely was. And Brendan, glad to have you back with us again tonight. And, uh, you know, one thing that that I've kind of taken away from these first two games is that offensive line just seems to be next level. Uh, we've seen improvement in that group, I think, each of the last couple of years. But uh, Jordan White at center, he had a couple penalties on him. Uh, but he, he seems to be a, a really good player for us. We know what Xavier can do. I think Xavier Gray has really slid in there and done a great job. Uh, do you feel like this this unit, Sands, Mr. 5-5, is doing a, a, a great job, you know, kind of leading the way for that offense? Yeah, I think uh, what this offensive line has been able to do so far has been pretty special. Uh, you know, as you said, the O-line has kind of hurt us before, and um, I think what they've been able to do for through the first two games has been promising. Um, and I remember, you know, months ago, no one – you know, Jordan came in and Xavier came in and you kind of look at these pieces, Jack Tucker, and you're like, man, you don't know until you face the, you know, the bullets, but this, this group can be special. And uh, it's an older group. we got a lot. I mean, I think the youngest starter is like in his third or fourth year of football. So it's a very veteran group, a lot of starts. Um, and these guys work every single day. I think the biggest thing, I think we get better throughout the season. There's, there's little things we can all work on and they're working on them every single week. So uh, hopefully what we see, last week and the week before is just going to continue to get better. Brendan, I know uh, we've talked about it a little bit. Your perspective has definitely changed here being on IR and uh, getting up and down the field, uh, the sidelines on crutches. Be careful, please. Old athletic <laughs> trainer here. Uh, but uh, game two now at this point behind you, and uh, you're seeing a whole different side of the game. Um, what do you think is the – to kind of piggyback on John's point here, what do you think one of the biggest differences is between – this year's O-line and last year's O-line and just kind of compare and contrast for us a little bit? Honestly, I think these coaches are doing a great job at playing our strengths and putting these guys in great positions to succeed. So, um, you know, 
when it's not third and long, we're not going to take a massive deep set at pass pro. We're going to go attack the guy, make him think it's a run block. So simple stuff like that, um, you know, just helping the guys win the reps and dominate throughout the game. I also think it has to do with the mindset. Um, you've heard the term strike the stone, and that's just we just keep chopping wood and we keep going no matter what the circumstances. So, you know, we had four holding calls on Saturday, but besides that, I mean, those guys threw it away and they just kept going. They kept going. So, um, yeah, they've just done a great job at putting these guys in a position to succeed and use their strengths to their abilities. As always, the Live with 5-5 five five segment with Brendan Schlittler is sponsored by R.T. Rogers Oil Company. Uh, Brendan, tell us a little bit about R.T. Rogers. Yes, sir. Forgot my hat, but uh, R.T. Rogers, based out of West Virginia, uh, oil company that serves the many states surrounding petroleum and heating oil and all that stuff. So um, as the winter months come and the cold weather is coming in, uh, make sure you hit them up at rtrogers.com for any oil needs. Brendan, so uh, take us back to that 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 game, the second half, coming out of the locker room. We talked about it, Richie and I, just a minute ago. Uh, that nine-minute drive, it seemed like that kind of took a lot of the wind out of the sails of New Mexico State. Anything they had left uh, coming off the, that pick by Brylon Green and and the, the field goal there just before the halftime. Uh, is that a drive that you think can, one, give the offense extra you know, momentum and uh, rejuvenation, extra life going into the, that uh, last half of the game? And two, what about the deep, what does that do for the defense? What do you think that does uh, for the Liberty defense? Because, you know, they're seeing this, this Liberty offense take most of the clock off, uh, milk it away in the third quarter. And then they're coming in after that touchdown to go up by uh, two scores. Yeah. So going into this game, uh, coach Chabell talked to the captains. He said, I, we got to play, we got to come out faster in the second half. And that's something he emphasized throughout the week and practice and, uh, at halftime, usually most coaches will, you know, they'll meet with their coordinators and then the coordinators will talk with the position coaches and they kind of talk for about five to six minutes and then they address the team. Um, and while that, the players usually eating, you know, using the bathroom, refueling. But this time was the first time I've seen it. He walked in and he called the team up the second halftime started and he, he got our attention. He's like, this is what we're going to do. This is what we have, you know, this is what we're going to refocus. And I mean, he, he set the tone and we went out there and had a nine minute, 18 play drive. Uh, it doesn't get much better than that. I don't even know the mathematical possibilities if he can go longer, but uh, I know we had a couple penalties in there and overcame them, so that's kind of hard to do. But to your point, anytime you can keep the defense, your own defense off the field, it's great. Uh, obviously, a couple injuries, Kendi's down. you got to keep those D-line fresh. So uh, I think the offensive line, or the offensive general had like 81 plays. Defense was like low 50s. So anytime you can do that, uh, the, the defensive coaches are thanking you. So. Those guys did a great job coming out in the second half and really taking what he said to heart. Yeah, one of the things we saw, Brandon, to that point, man, it, it just looked like the the defense for New Mexico State was gassed, and they were tired of putting helmet to helmet on Cooley, <laughs> among yeah. others. But uh, with that segue, talk to us about the difference and how special it is. We, we kind of talked about this at the beginning, too, but Quentin Cooley, Vaughn Blue, Billy Lucas, and how diverse those three – three, there we go, three are in their running styles and just what that does offensively for you guys. I mean, it truly is. a Well, Caden, it's a quadruple-headed monster. I don't know. As John Richie mentioned, I don't know how you prepare for it. you got to take away one and just let the other three make you bleed. So um, pick your poison is the name of the game. Um, those guys all have different running abilities. And, again, the coaches use them to their strengths. So uh, Quentin taking the dive and Vaughn out in space. And Billy can do, honestly, anything. He was out in space running downhill. So those guys are just dogs. And 
uh, to see them run like that, and we call them dirty yards. So anytime, you know, you get hit two or three yards in and you, you go for a 34 or 35, you, that, that's what matters. You're going to hit home runs, but it's getting those, first, you know, first and 10 goes to second and five into the second and eight. It's a big difference. So uh, those guys do a great job with that. And, I mean, it was fun while I was blocking for them, and I can't wait to get back. But I know that O-line loves, loves uh, carrying that group. Well, Brendan, last question for you before we let you go. Uh, tell us a little bit about uh, uh, Coach Durkin. I mean, he's he's a new face for you guys leading you uh, uh, this year, offensive line coach, and I believe it's the third offensive line coach you've had during your career. Uh, what's unique about him? What, what type of uh, energy does he, he bring to you guys? I know this is wild. He's actually my fourth offensive line coach. Oh, wow. <laughs> so, uh, but Coach Durk's awesome. He's uh He's been real since day one. He's transparent. He's he just made it clear. He said, "I, I want to make you the best player you can be from day one." And he uh, he's going to tell you the truth, and he's going to encourage you the whole way through. So, uh, as far as developing guys, he's done a great job with these young guys. Um, most ready, I've seen a young group ready to go. If you know the red shirt rule wasn't in place, and um, I mean he's he's done a great job catering to each player. He knows each player is different. Um, they have their own, you know, tangibles, and he kind of crafts around that. He's not like my way or the highway all the time. So he lets the guys work within the system with their own strengths. He's He's been great, and I can't wait to get back for him. So That's awesome. Well, well, we're looking forward to you getting back on the field later in the season and continue to heal up, rest up, and, and supporting and coaching up these guys from the sidelines. Uh, but, Brendan, thanks so much for joining us. Uh, thank you, guys. Have a great night. Thanks. Thanks, Pete. So, JP, uh, tell us a little bit, what, what's the most important service? We talk a lot of, a lot of different services you, uh, you provide and you offer to uh, your clients. What, what's the most important one? Yeah, I think uh, one of the ones that's probably underlooked a little bit and undervalued is, um, if I can be so bold, is my Rolodex. And what I mean by that specifically, John, is if, is if uh, you guys are buying a property from me, one of the things that I always tell my buyers and sellers is my Rolodex is your Rolodex. And what I mean by that is uh, specifically when it comes to trades guys, you know, plumbers, electricians, service guys, technicians, all those things. Um, after years of doing this now, we've got a pretty uh, extensive Rolodex, if you will. And those guys that, uh, that do work for me that I can recommend to my clients and customers are incredible at their craft, very, very, um, very, very well trained and skilled. So that's probably one of the biggest services that we really enjoy providing is just giving some recommendations of, of trusted, um, trusted folks uh, in their chosen field and business. Awesome. Well, thanks so much uh, every night, every week uh, for joining us, uh, uh, Jason, and uh, look forward to you get to make the trip up to Buffalo. Hopefully I'll, I'll run into you up there and uh, we can bring back another W. Yes, sir. It'll be fun. By the way, I, I see the uh, Buffalo Bulls are pounding the rock and we're uh, we're strike the stones. There's a lot of rocks being broken apparently this weekend. A lot of rocks being broken. Let's hope that the stone prevails over the rock. Amen. Amen. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Jason. We'll catch with you next week. All right. We are back and we are joined. I'm back. Kyle's back. John is joining us. We are uh, live again with uh, a, a gentleman who has done all things at Liberty. Uh, he is Kyle DeArmond. Kyle, how are we doing this Tuesday night? Hey, good evening. Good evening. How are we doing? I'm doing great over here. You guys Absolutely doing good? Love yeah. Tuesday night, we're uh, excited to talk so, some Liberty football, and they kind of see a red podcast night. I mean, you can't get better, right? This is it, and just think, you know, in a couple weeks, 
Uh, Tuesday night, we're going to be getting to actually watch Liberty play. So it's going to be different. But uh, we'll worry about that all later because we have a game coming up. We have a game coming up uh, against Buffalo. We got New Mexico in the rearview mirror. And we are facing off against a Buffalo team that is coming off of a pretty bad loss. Uh, When I saw that they lost to Fordham, I went, Fordham still has a football team. Thought they folded like Hofstra. Uh, So kind of a surprise to me. But, Kyle, talk about this. Uh, from a coaching standpoint, as a former coach, you're playing against a team that is coming off of a bad loss. What are you telling your players? What's the out, outlook like? What are you? What are some of the talking points going into the week? Well, I think, first of all, internally as a coaching staff, you're like, dang it. Like, that is the worst thing that can happen, you know, because all it does is it gives fuel to the fire for Buffalo because they are – their backs are against the wall. They just lost to an FCS team and they're not overlooking Liberty. And they got their wake up call early in the season. They got their wake up call week two. So, you know, I think that it is the the worst thing that could probably happen to us is that they lost to Fordham. Uh, because this early in the season with their conference, you know, with the Mac still in front of them, there's a lot of things that they can do. And so, you kind of have your come to Jesus uh, moment and your, your come to Jesus meeting as a team. And you say, Hey, you know, we can't, that can't happen again. And we have to prepare harder. Uh, you have to practice harder and you have to give everything that you got on the field. So from Liberty standpoint, uh, not great that they lost to Fordham. I would rather had Buffalo blow them out, feel, feel good and feel great. And, you know, roll into Liberty, just preparing like they, they have in, in uh, the weeks past. But, you know, I think from probably Coach Chadwell's point of view, it's, hey, he's probably telling them the same thing of just a little bit of like, hey, they're, you know, with this loss, this is still a really good football team uh, that just got caught. And so now they're going to prepare harder. So we have to prepare for them. We can't go into this game thinking that they lost to an FCS team. Like, yikes. I mean, you know, you, you look back, I was thinking back, you know, it was kind of the opposite way for us, but like back in 2010, we beat ball state and then go to Robert Morris and we lose, you know, coming off a high, you know, um, you know, there's been, there's been other instances for sure. You know, where where Liberty is, has done that. Um, You know, you beat Montana in 2015 and then you go and lose to Southern Illinois. So, I mean, it's the same thing, just flipped, obviously, where you lose to a team and then, you know, you, you may have opportunity to have a big win. So I think that they need to buckle up because it's going to be a, a tough game for sure. Yeah, and uh, I think uh, Coach uh, Chadwell earlier today in his press conference kind of alluded to some of what he will be telling the team, what he's already told the team, is that this is the best team, most talented team that, that Liberty's faced so far this season, you know, third game of the season. Uh, and and Buffalo is not a not – a, a stranger to getting off to slow starts last year they started off zero and three and and won seven of their last 10 to to finish up seven and six made it to a bowl game won that bowl game and and one thing that i think is kind of interesting with this game that may go a little bit un, un under uh looked underappreciated uh is uh coach chadwell this liberty coaching staff has faced Buffalo each of the last two seasons. Um, of course, they were at Coastal Carolina, so it was different players on that side of the ball for uh, for the Chanticleers. And then um, 
you know, you, you go into this game, both coaching staffs know each other. They know their strengths, their weaknesses, their tendencies, uh, that sort of thing. Uh, Kyle, how much do you think that might have an impact on this game as far as both coaching staffs being familiar with each other, maybe not necessarily the personnel, especially on Liberty side, but, uh, you know, still knowing each other as far as uh, the coaching staffs and their philosophies. Well, I think from, from Buffalo's perspective and from Liberty's, you know, you kind of have a game plan that you had probably more so for Buffalo because it's a, you know, most of the same staff and, you know, they're running the same type of offense and defense, but, you know, you kind of have a game plan that you had used uh, going against, you know, from Buffalo's perspective, let's talk about their defense. They have a game plan that they use going against Jamie Chadwell and his offense at Coastal Carolina. You can peek into that a little bit. You have film from Coastal. You already have film in the system. You don't have to wait for film to get there. Yeah, You have stuff that you kind of already have prepared that, you know, you can use to, to, uh, to help yourself get ready a little bit earlier. Um, and then from Liberty's perspective, I mean, it's the same same thing. You know, it's different players, but you know, for the coaching staff, they're familiar with uh, with Buffalo. They're familiar with the trip. They're familiar. They have a lot of familiar, uh, you know, a lot of things that they know about that uh, experience up there that will hopefully help them. But you know, like Coach said, you know, you're going on the road with this team, first time uh, that you've gone on the road. Uh, with with the Liberty guys and those players, and so we'll see how they respond. But I think it definitely gives a leg up for the coaching staff. Uh, obviously, it probably doesn't help the players at all. They don't really know what they're looking, you know, looking forward to or kind of looking at for this weekend. But definitely would help helps the coaching staff prepare. No, that's great insight, Kyle. Uh, thank you again for joining us Tuesday night. Thank you to everyone who's tuning in live. Uh, if you are tuning in live, whatever platform you are watching us on make sure you like subscribe all that fancy stuff that the kids talk about it helps us out a ton uh buffalo has a pretty good quarterback he has no turnovers on the year yes i know they just lost to fordham and we just kind of talked it up but yeah i think he's you know five touchdowns zero interceptions they have not turned the ball over a ton which is going to be very interesting as we are kind of leading the nation uh in that stat um, but we have a quarterback of our own and Kyle, you've been around the, the program and you've had an opportunity to work with this player. Talk about the development of Caden Salter and what you've seen over the last three years of him uh, on the mountain. Well, I mean, I think this year, you know, specifically, I mean, when he came in young, obviously coming from, uh, Tennessee, I mean, just a very raw skilled player that, you know, and at that time too, we, you know, we knew that he wasn't going to be eligible. And so. He was on scout team and not really focused on learning the offense and, you know, just a young, a young kid um, like you expect. It's been fun to watch him this year because he's starting, he's stacking the games on top of each other. And that's what you want to see from your quarterback. He continues to get better uh, every single game. Um, you're still going to have those young mistakes. I mean, he's still a sophomore. Uh, we used to call it fuzzy logic that the more games you play, the more fuzzy logic that you have in your head and you're able to react to things. Um, I think that, you know, Caden is, he, he just continues to stack games and, and perform at a high level. And so it's fun to see him start to realize like, Hey man, the more that I prepare, the slower the game is and the easier that it is to me. When you go from high school to college, it is like NASCAR. I mean, it is so fast. There's just, it's just like, Boom, 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 boom. Like you, you cannot, unless you're in that position, understand that how fast the game is at that level. 
And so for a quarterback coming in as a young kid, like it's a whole new world. And so for him to continue to develop and prepare and stack days, and hopefully he's seeing like, hey, when I prepare, it makes it so much easier. Um, he's performing at a high level. It's just really fun to watch. And I love the swagger that he plays with. He will make a play and he will let you know about it. Like that is very fun to watch. Uh, he's on the side. I mean, even when he was not dressed in the games, we, you know, the strength staff would have to tell him to like chill out because you talked about fi- like needing somebody to talk trash on the sidelines, just find Caden Salter. And he was letting the defense know that they were garbage and that Malik was going to tear him up and that, you know, and now he's still doing that uh, at the quarterback position. So it's fun to watch from a fan perspective, from a coach perspective. I know Coach Chadwell is probably like, hey, I'm, I'm good with you being yourself, but, you know, let's not get any selfish penalties here. But he is he is really fun to watch. I'm really proud of the way that he's continued to progress. That's awesome uh, context to hear about that. Uh, back when Malik was, uh, you know, doing what Caden's doing now, maybe at a little bit of a, a larger scale, uh, more consistently than what we've seen so far. We're only two games in. Not saying Caden can't get there. I certainly think he can and will. Uh, but you know, a, another guy, Kyle, that that I've seen uh, that I've, I think has taken a, a huge step forward this year, and he was part of the. Uh, uh, you know, you were part of the coaching staff when he was recruited. Trayon Sibley at receiver. I think he was originally brought in as a running back and transitioned to receiver, and he kind of, you know, at least from an outsider's perspective, got lost a little bit as far as he wasn't on the field a lot. And then last year he started to get into the rotation a little bit and, and, uh, but wasn't really, he didn't have many targets come his way. It seemed like he was more of, of a receiver put in there on, uh, more blocking type situations for him. But this year he's been targeted very frequently and I don't have the stats in front of me, but I want to say he's probably been targeted the most of any Liberty wide receiver through the first two games. Uh, you know, what have you seen out of uh, Trayon that's kind of led him to, to get to this point and to, to, you know, maybe take that next step that I know I wasn't expecting and maybe many others weren't as well. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm so happy for him. I mean, he's, he's gone through so much uh, personally, um, you know, in his home and just, uh, you know, on the field. And I mean, he's gone through so much as a, you know, 21 year old kid um, and to see him uh, start to excel and play well and, and play consistently and kind of be a go-to guy is really fun to watch. I mean, you know, he was like running back and then receiver and then back to running back and then back to receiver. And then, you know, like emergency running back sometimes. I mean, when I was there, he was bouncing around all over the place for positions and we couldn't really find where he fit. Um, and so it was hard for him to learn. I mean, you're going from one room to another, trying to learn pass protection. Then you're going back and you're trying to learn uh, what route you should run on on this concept. So, you know, for him to to find his home finally at receiver, uh, you know, last year and then this year, and then really start to excel and make a name for himself and uh, to play at a high level. Um, you know, he's a he's a great person. He's a great kid. He's very kind and humble. Um, you know, and probably give credit to everybody else, but I'm so happy for him that he's having all this, uh, the success that he is. And, you know, he really deserves it because I know that he's worked really hard for it. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's fun to watch. Yeah. I'm, I'm not going to lie with his Jersey number. I thought he was a running back. And I said to Chad in the cabana, I said, who, who was that? Like, I have no idea. He's like, he's a, he's a wide receiver. I went numbers in college don't make sense anymore. So. Uh, it's that a, so cool was that a cabana? Was that like a low key cabana shout out? 
Yeah, shout out Cabana Nine. Uh, hope to hope to see you there uh, this season, Kyle. But uh, again, Kyle, thank you so much for joining us. Your insight is super valuable. Uh, really shows us kind of what's going on. You're able to to give us insights as a coach, as a former player, and ultimately as a fan, just like the rest of us. So thank you so much for joining us. Next up, we have an opportunity to hear from our friends at Ironclad Coffee. I had some at the tailgate uh, two weeks ago. I actually had the opportunity to pour Dr. Towns a cup of coffee. I think I mentioned that before, and I'm going to keep mentioning it because I think it's kind of cool. So Chad, Producer 3000. Virginia's best and most flames-friendly coffee comes from Ironclad Coffee Roasters. Ironclad Roasters serves up their beautiful beans at two cafes in Richmond, where you can enjoy the craft roasted specialty beans from anywhere in the country by visiting www.ironcladcoffee.com. Place your order there, and it will be directly shipped to your doorstep. Whenever you find yourself in the capital of the Commonwealth, pay them a visit at one of the two cafes in the Richmond area. Ironclad's owners, the O'Rourke family, are proud Flames Club members and season ticket holders. Now they'll please sponsor the podcast from CRA. Hop over to www.ironcladcoffee.com now to get your Virginia's best specialty coffee headed your way. John, I'm not one to tell a lie, but I sure wish, wish my uh, water with lemon and cucumber was some ironclad coffee right now. Richie, it was it was pretty cool uh, at the game this past Saturday. I was, uh, you know, hanging out in the Flames uh, Fan Fest and indoor uh, practice facility. Had a little bit of weather that was passing through pregame, and a uh, couple friends uh, of a Sea Red, friends of mine uh, that I've gotten to know over the years, came up to me. They live in Richmond, and they were talking about where's Ryan uh, Ironclad uh, located at? I, I want to go by and, and try it out. And, and which of their shops is, is Ryan at? And uh, so I need to reach out to Ryan. That reminds me to re- reach out to him this week and uh, see which shop he's at, which hours he's at that shop. Cause they wanted to stop by and not just try some Ironclad coffee, but uh, also give Ryan and his family a shout out. So uh, we, we greatly appreciate their support. Yeah. And it's so cool. Just the entire uh, Liberty fan base, the way that we are all able to come together and this year, uh, come together to enjoy being in a conference. So nothing, uh, I don't think anything major in the conference uh, really happened. Took place last week, right? Correct me if I'm wrong. Um, I know we have a couple big games coming up, but uh, other than a couple in-conference uh, matchups, uh, thoughts? You know, it's good to see Liberty up at the top with uh, a couple others. Yeah, I mean, it was kind of a, a light slate on the docket for the uh, conference this past week. Liberty, New Mexico State, I think, was the most noteworthy game with it being a conference game. So you got Liberty, Jacksonville State, Louisiana Tech currently are all 1-0. and FIU, New Mexico State, UTEP all 0-1, while WKU, Middle Tennessee, and Sam Houston have yet to uh, play a conference game. But, uh, you, know, you know, one thing other than the Liberty, New Mexico State game that we already talked about is I think the other game that I kind of had my eyes on was a Jacksonville State-Coastal Carolina game. That was a game that was, I think the beach chickens were like two touchdown favorites or something like that. And, uh, they, uh, they ended up winning. I think it was 30 to 16. I think they might've covered the spread, but, uh, yeah, by half a point it's 13 and a half. So, um, but that was a game that was, I think, tied at halftime and, and a one-possession game going late into the fourth quarter. So Jacksonville State continues to be a team that is surging, uh, in my opinion. I think that, uh, you know, they could contend for one of those top two spots in a Conference USA Championship game at the end of the year. Another team to kind of keep our eyes on is, which Liberty's got next week after the Buffalo game, is down in Miami against FIU. Uh, they, they picked up a nice win over North Texas uh, they're kind of been a Jekyll and Hyde team this year. They 
they uh, lost to Louisiana Tech with only four passing yards that game and and then uh, barely squeaked out one over Maine last week. So, uh, Richard, what have you seen out of the Panthers so far? Uh, you know, obviously they had that first game that everyone has made fun of uh, a ton across uh, college football Twitter. But like you said, Jekyll and Hyde, and those are the teams that will scare you because you do not know what you're going to get. You can't really plan for for anything. Um, you know, I know that says 130 next to their name, but I'm not buying that they're the 130th best team in college football. I could probably, like, I'm confident they could beat Northwestern. Uh, but that's either here nor there. Um, always, well, one again, team that couldn't beat Northwestern is UTEP. I mean, they – Yeah, uh, that, that is true, yeah. Weren't they favored in that game and they, they lost, it, what, it was within a field goal. The spread was a field goal. It was – that was brutal, but uh, no, tough, tough look for that. Uh, would have been a big win for the conference. Um, big matchup, all eyes. You know, it's a pretty mild slate of college football this weekend, but Western Kentucky, Ohio State is the big, probably the marquee matchup in all of Conference USA. Um, I don't think, you know, obviously Middle Tennessee played Alabama, but that they didn't stand a chance. You know, Western Kentucky, yeah, the spread's like 27 and a half, but I, I think people think that that'll be more of an entertaining game than than MTSU and Alabama. Uh, any thoughts on that, John? Western Kentucky going up uh, to the shoe? Yeah, I'm really interested to see how close they can keep that uh, a, co- a competitive game. Uh, I do expect Ohio State to win, probably to pull away there at the end. Uh, but can they keep it competitive into halftime, into the third quarter? That's what you're really looking to see. But one thing that I'm really looking forward to, you know, and again, we got a month to go, but that WKU Liberty game is just shaping up to be an absolute uh, amazing game. Both teams have terrific offenses, and uh, it, it could be one of those games where, you know, Take the over because we're scoring points all day long. Uh, Austin Reed, Caden Salter, uh, the passing offense of WKU, the rushing offense of Liberty. Uh, I can't wait to that game. But one step at a time, one day at a time, one week at a time. And uh, it starts this week with Buffalo. Yeah. And uh, no, but that, again, that Western Kentucky game, uh, that is a game that is going to trend on Twitter. I I am very confident in saying that that is going to be a. a game that the the nation, because of the time and all that, is going to tune in to see. Speaking of Twitter, we've had the opportunity to throw out uh, on X or Twitter, the bird, whatever you want to call it, an opportunity to uh, to have fans call in, leave a voicemail, uh, and we're going to play one of those now and have a quick conversation before we uh, keep it moving on to the to, to bring on a uh, special guest. So, my question tonight: This is Greg. And I want to know how the Joker turnover award got started, who thought of it, and where it came from, and what effect do you think it has had on the fact that the Liberty Flames are leading the nation in turnovers through the first two weeks of the season? That's a crazy stat. Yeah, that really is a crazy stat, and it's true. Liberty's got, what, eight turnovers on the year, number one in the nation, had five interceptions, I believe it was, week one, then three turnovers last week with uh, a couple of picks and another fumble recovery. But, um, you, you know, it's funny. It's, it's a it's a pretty cool story. It, it was the uh, 
uh, Chad Scott, the uh, head strength coach for the Liberty football team, uh, the week before the Bowling Green game was kind of, you know, trying to figure out what was going on. You know, how could they do uh, a turnover prop, you know, which has become famous over the past few years. I think it started at Miami with their turnover chain. And, and uh, you know, so somehow he came up with this Joker mask and it was just awesome uh, kind of piggybacking on the Joker student section. Uh, shout out to our friends over there. Uh, but uh, you know, it was really cool and it went viral and, and saw the kids over there. It was funny, actually, after that game, I was down in the media room in the, uh, just outside the Liberty football uh, team locker room and coach Scott came into there and, and we got to talking about, it. I said, did you see this Joker mask going viral? Everybody's talking about it. I was like, where'd that come from? He's like, well, actually I came up with it just a few days ago. So, uh, it, it's been pretty cool, but Richie, what do you think? Do you think it's anything, uh, to it, you know, tied to, leading the nation in, in takeaways so far through two games? I You know what? I think it builds momentum. Um, I think that they know that anytime they make a, a, a big play, force a turnover, that they're going to be on Twitter. They're going to be on social media. Uh, everyone's going to see that. So, you know, that interesting motivation uh, is huge. And uh, it was really great. Shout out to Emily Austin and company. They did a great segment on it. Uh, talked about cleaning the mask and how uh, they allegedly – sanitize the mask uh after every, every allegedly turnover. are you thinking they're not doing it every time i'm not there i can't prove it either way but uh my wife was very confused when uh they had the shot sidelines of uh emily austin she's like why is she wearing a joker mask my wife does not stay really in uh, up to date with with college football or liberty football and i had to uh explain it all to her but uh it was super cool to see that i remember uh sitting uh in the cabana with chad and we were like, did you see this? We had no idea it happened until we saw it on Twitter. And we're all showing each other like, oh, my gosh, this is going like the legit viral. Like Liberty is being praised. And they're like, this is awesome. Uh, so speaking of Chad, we are going to be bringing him uh, on to talk about something that is very exciting, something that is growing at a uh, pretty fast pace and something that is important in college football today. So. Producer 3000, bring yourself on, reveal yourself correctly at the appropriate time. Welcome on, former host of the Sea of Red podcast. He needs no introduction. He is Chad Hassan. Hey, guys. Can you hear me okay? We hear you good. Chad, before we get started, I think we need to clear the air. Did we fire you? Is that why you're no longer on the podcast? Well, there was, uh, there's definitely definitely some rumblings of that. And, uh, yeah, I think uh, – you know, I'll go ahead and get started and say, you guys are doing an awesome job. I love tuning into this every Tuesday night. Um, Richie, you're electric. John, nobody knows more about college, like Liberty football than you and the combination. Uh, the podcast is soaring to new heights. So uh, it's fun to be a part of still here producing, which means just bringing on guests and that kind of thing. But um, tonight really just wanted to talk about the uh, collective. John, can you bring that slide up? So as many of you know, we started um, back in um, May. We started um, really pushing the Flames Rising Collective. What a collective is, is basically uh, and it provides NIL opportunities for Liberty student athletes. So we kind of, um, you know, we, we fundraise and we try to uh, make these opportunities and literally just try to make Liberty athletes experience at Liberty uh, even better. I mean, they, they already have the facilities, they have the best coaches in the country. 
They have winning at Liberty. They have the culture and the spiritual aspect of the school. Um, they have all of that. And this NIL is just another piece of that. Um, and what the drive for 71 is, it's very important because it helps our collective be sustainable. Um, the more people we have involved, the more sustainable this thing is throughout the years. Um, we're not just depending on two or three people to get it done. Um, we have a whole army of people. And uh, so you can see right here with this graphic, we have so far, um, just in one week, we have 22, that's what the light blue indicates there in the 71, we have 22 monthly subscribers. Um, there's some really cool benefits that come with that, everything from you know phone calls from players, video messages from players, uh, you get to join phone calls like virtual meetings with um with uh john on like insider type calls but also um with players and, and coaches so a lot of really cool benefits associated but really this is about all of us pulling together and uh if you're passionate about the flames um we said this several times start with the flames club uh you know if, if you only have one place to give um and you're really passionate about seeing the the, the program develop start with the flames club um, this is above and beyond that, but it is an increasingly important part of college athletics just to be able to provide this for our student athletes and potential student athletes. Um, so, yeah, that's what the drive for 71 is. We're excited about it been working hard on it and uh, hoping that we can provide a sustainable, well-funded collective for Liberty athletics for years and years to come. And, uh, you know, until the rules change and uh, shout out to Liberty Compliance for helping us interpret all of the rule changes. We try to stay in tune with that as much as possible. But um, we need your help. We need 71 people. Uh, the lowest level is uh, $10 a month. So you can do the math. That's about $710 a month if we had 71 at the $10. And, uh, you know, that would go a long way in providing uh, our student athletes with uh, great opportunities. Um, most of the athletes are serving the community. Um, as part of the 501c3. Um, so they're out there making a difference in their community and um, we're able to uh, compensate them and the, for their name, image, and likeness in doing that. And that feels really good. I know NIL can kind of feel a little bit um, a little bit weird sometimes because it's new to college athletics and you see the multi-million dollar deals um, for, for players at other schools. Uh, that's not happening at Liberty at the G5 level. But, uh, you know, it, I feel really good and uh, about what we're able to do and how we're able to help these athletes out. So um, drive for 71. We need 71 members. If you sign up tonight or uh, tomorrow as part of listening to this podcast, we will select a winner to win an exclusive uh, a Caden Salter jersey tee uh, to kind of celebrate. And uh, so thank you guys for having me on. Again, want to reiterate, you guys are absolutely crushing the podcast. It is one of my favorite nights. I mean, we got Saturday is all college football. Sunday is all NFL football. Monday is Monday night football, which last night was kind of crazy. But I look forward to Tuesday. Out of all of that, I look forward to Tuesday to spend this hour and a half with you guys and uh, and all of the people in the comments make it so fun. Kyle knows, you know, has the perspective that none of us have. Uh, it just all kind of comes together. So great job on the show. We are going to be working uh, hard on the collective and uh, kind of uh, just producing the podcast. So that's all I got, John. Thanks, and Chad. Awesome stuff, man. Appreciate you. And, and uh, you know, those of you either watching, you see it on your screen there, or if you're listening, go to flames-way.com 
www.aseaofred.com. That's where you can go uh, sign up, or you can just go to seared.com. Uh, that should be in your favorites. If it's not, what's wrong with you? Uh, hit the drop down menu. There's a Flames Rising Collective tab you can click on and uh, read more, get more information, sign up. But yeah, drive to drive for 71. Obviously, the Liberty was founded in 1971. Uh, that's where that came from. So uh, go there and, and uh, support uh, Flames Rising while Flames Rising supports Liberty Athletics and just wanted to give a, a hat tip to to Chad. Uh, really, the main reason why he's not a host on the podcast is because of Flames Rising. He's he's put so much time into it, and and uh, nobody uh, knows how much time he he has put into it, other than probably myself and his wife. And uh, he's done a great job with it. Made great relationships with uh, Liberty Athletics administration coaches. Uh, and then obviously uh, the donor base as well, which has been uh, extremely receptive and and uh, been very generous uh, in this endeavor. But it's just another way, uh, Richie. It's another way for uh, you know Liberty to to be able to be competitive and, and be one of the best G five teams in the country, best programs in the country across the board. You know we the Flames Rising Rising Collective. Uh, supports all sports it's not just football it's men's and women's basketball it's softball i mean it, it's all sports at liberty and uh you know it, it's a great way and and a way for us to to stay competitive uh across the board in in the uh country at this level exactly and i'm someone i lead from the front i am a monthly subscriber i am in there make sure you uh join as well and as john mentioned it goes to support all of liberty athletics it is not just for football which is a good thing because our athletics are rocking it right now and we are going to kick it over to our main man zeke who's going to fill us in on all things all liberty and he's going to do it in under 71 seconds What's up, guys? It's Zach, and we are back with the Liberty Sports Recap. Let's get right into it. Women's soccer is still undefeated, defeating Marshall on the road 2-0 this past week. Um, they are 7-0, and and they will face App State coming up this Thursday. Field hockey goes 1-1, suffering their first loss of the season to number 13 Duke in overtime. Um, they also defeated number 14 Harvard 2-1 in overtime at home. They will face Old Dominion this Friday. Volleyball defeated number 23 Hawaii for the first win over a ranked opponent in program history. Incredible win for the Flames. They did fall to UCLA and Pepperdine. Good teams in the Outrigger Challenge. Volleyball is 7-2 on the year and they will face number 22 Houston coming up next and Texas A&M on Thursday and Friday. And last but not least, Liberty football goes to 2-0, 1-0 in conference play, defeating New Mexico State 33-17. This is the Flames' first ever conference win at the FBS level. They will face Buffalo up next this upcoming Saturday at noon for their first road game of the season. Uh, men's golf also finished 8th out of 12 teams this week in their opening invitational. And men's and women's tennis will begin their season this week as well. That's all for this week's Weekly Flames Recap. As always, go Flames!
All right. We are at that time. We are at the back half, the final home stretch of our uh, A Sea of Red football podcast. Again, if you are checking us out live, make sure you like, subscribe. If you're listening, watching later on, please do the same. But it is that time. We're going to try to win you a little bit of money. We're going to jump in, and we are joined by the man himself, Christian Taylor, CT Cash and Ticket. CT, what do you got for us? Yeah, what's good? Uh, how you doing? I'm not bad. Pretty good. Sure. We're in the home stretch now. Yeah, no we're doubt. good. Good, yeah. good. Well, um, I, I'm probably the last person that should be up here right now, considering I'm in last place in our rankings. I uh, did the worst out of the three of us again this week, um, but it's okay. I did hit Texas and Miami, so that was I was definitely excited about that right away. No, and that was a that was a great uh, money line hit with Texas. I wanted to do it, but I was afraid. Um, I think I was just. The absolute killer of the weekend was that the over not hitting in the Liberty game. Seriously. That was a travesty. That was a crime. Yeah, that was awful. I mean, thankfully for myself personally, I teased Liberty in the over, and so that hit for myself. But yeah, just seeing that for this pick, uh, I was not happy at all. I mean, no points in the fourth quarter is outrageous, honestly. It was inside people texting me, DMing me, like, how is this over not going to hit? It was very similar to the Virginia Tech game last year where mm-hmm. the over hit and then they took the two-point conversion off the board. Uh, absolute debacle. But I am glad I had a good week. I did not start off well. Uh, week zero, week one, not ideal. But, you know, yeah, three and six. But for you to only you lose a unit, not bad at all. We'll take yeah, it at exactly. the end of the day. There were a lot of close games um, that could have gone either way. You know, that that JMU game could have swung the other other way for you. Ole Miss Tulane, that's a touchdown away from happening. Mm-hmm. Jacksonville State, a half a point away from happening. So, you know, you're right there. I get it. We've all been there. But what do you what do you like for us this week? Yeah, no doubt. Let's let's go through these pretty quick. Um, first of all, on Friday night, we have Army at UTSA. Um, UTSA has struggled mightily this season. They're not the same as last season. Um, and now their star quarterback, Frank Harris, is hurt. He played through the whole game uh, last week, but he he was really fighting through it. So I highly doubt he's going to play, especially the way the coach sounded. Um, so that being the case, Army, they're not an option team anymore, but they're still low scoring. Um, so I still think my service academy rule still applies there. Um, the line is nine. So I'm going to tease Army up to plus 15. I get two touchdowns with them. I'm going to take the under as well, again, because both teams have been struggling mightily off uh, offensively. Uh, so that's my first play right there. Second play, I, I got to show that I'm a Liberty fan, I guess. <laughs> so, And we'll get to that in a minute. Um, but I'm going to take Liberty's team total over 27 and a half. So that means we need to score at least 28 against Buffalo. Um, what we've seen so far, Liberty scored at least 28 both games so far. And when you look at Shadwell and Coastal, the two times they played Buffalo, they had at least 28 both times as well. Um, and actually, even though Buffalo had more film on them, they scored more the second game than the first game. So I think that's a good sign for the Flames uh, to hopefully be able to put up 30, 35 um, or, or more on Saturday. I agree. I'm all in on that too. I thought this, I honestly thought the spread was going to be a touchdown or more. So three and a half. Love it. Absolutely. I mean, the saving grace I think is the fact that we're on the road. We get a, we get a few points bump there. So hopefully it's pretty good. Um, Next play I have Oregon state minus 24 and a half over San Diego state. 
Oregon State has covered every one of their home games for over two years now. Um, wow. Yes. So I'm riding that until the wheels fall off. Um, they also, their top five defense and have it created this year in terms of turnover, sacks, tackles for loss. San Diego State is uh, bottom 30 offense and havoc allowed. So I think that's a pretty good matchup for Oregon State. It's not too much of a look-ahead spot, which we can start seeing more and more as we get into conference games. Um, and I'm gonna, and again, I'm just going to take them to cover at home, no matter what the number is. So I have Oregon State minus 24 and a half there. And then next play, I'm doing another teaser because they've worked for me two straight weeks. So I'm going to so I'm going to keep on doing them. Um, they pay out, and we'll take them. So we're going to start off with Rutgers. Um, that line, it's about it, it started, and you'll see it with our picks. It started at four and a half. It's already up to six and a half or seven. I know you like that a lot, um, and I like it as well. So I'm teasing it down to minus a half. Um, Virginia Tech played Purdue last week, and Purdue was around minus one, minus two. Um, at Virginia Tech. Now, if you take a look at this line, Rutgers is minus seven at Rutgers. If we switch that to Virginia Tech having a home field advantage, that probably gets us to about minus three. So essentially that's saying this line is telling us that Rutgers is the same or better than Purdue, which, sorry, Richie, but I do disagree a little bit there. But then to me, that says, okay, that line is weird Rutgers is overfavored, so I'm actually going to be on Rutgers' side. But I tease down, I think they win. And then UConn, I tease down from minus eight to minus two over FIU. They're not losing to FIU. Uh, I agree. I think Rutgers rolls. Yep. Rutgers raw. Exactly. Uh, the wheels, Blind, I think the blindly. wheels are fall off at some point, but it's not. Yeah, ne ne next week against Michigan. I exactly. can tell you right now. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. And then the final play I have for my locks of the week, Troy minus two at home against JMU. Now, I know I stirred up some controversy um, about JMU this past weekend when I had them in my teaser, and I was cheering for my bet to win against Virginia. That upset some people. So it is what it is. I'm going to root where my money is, even though I hate JMU. And accordingly, I'm going to fade them this week to make everybody happy. And because I think it's a really good line, Troy, I, I think are uh, the kings of the Sun Belt this season until I'm um, told otherwise. Um, and so I really like them to take care of business here and just remind JMU that they're not at the top yet, uh, just yet. So last play is going to be Troy minus two. Uh, you know, I was hoping we could get through uh, a podcast without talking about JMU because it's been all over my Twitter feed, but money is money, and exactly. I totally get it. So, CT, I think this is the week you bounce back. I love your picks. Uh, I'm all in. And it is that time where we get to bring in our guest picker for the week. Now, this is probably the guest picker I'm going to be most excited for this entire season. He is a slayer of Baylor Bears. He is the king of prom pictures, and he is the winner of Liberty's first ever bowl game he is number 12 he is your favorite quarterback's favorite quarterback he is <laughs> buckshot calvert buckshot, <laughs> welcome to the podcast thanks for having me thanks for having me it means uh, a lot uh, nice good words uh, <laughs> uh you you deserve you know it was great got a chance to meet you uh at, at the uh at the bowl game this past year 
And uh, I was saying earlier, you, I, I've met a bunch of Liberty athletes before. You're the only one I ever said, I got to get a picture with Buckshot. <laughs> Sent it to my roommates. I was like, here's the goat right here. Never forget when uh, we beat Baylor. But uh, we're happy to, to have you on and ready to uh, talk some, some college football. Any thoughts about college football this season? Uh, anything that sticks out? Yeah, I mean, the main thing is what everybody's talking about, Coach Prime at Colorado. For me, I've been – I tuned in to both of their games. Uh, you know, I'm keeping up with Liberty and then my home team, Miami Hurricanes. So those are those are really my three teams right now that I'm, I'm tuned into the most. Uh, and um, I'm enjoying watching. I, I like FSU because, you know, they're from Florida. They're putting on a good show right now. Um, but those are really the few few teams right now that I'm tuned into consistently each week. Well, that you know, those four teams you just mentioned, you are having uh, a pretty <laughs> a pretty fun Saturday yeah, uh, so real. far, and uh, hopefully those teams keep it rolling. So uh, we're gonna jump right in. We all like Liberty minus three and a half. I, I don't think anyone can can come on here and uh, kind of go against that. Uh, so Buckshot, you're the only one to take a side in our second game: Ohio State, Western Kentucky. Uh, what are your thoughts there? Ohio State really hasn't had that impressive game yet. Uh, you think this is when they kind of put it all together? Yeah, I don't think Western Kentucky could keep up with them. Um, just my opinion, just, you know, just uh, what Ohio State brings to the table. Uh, I know West Kentucky, they their offense is pretty electric. They put up a few amount of points, but I just think, yeah, I don't, I just think they won't be able to hang. I think it'll be a complete blowout. It is, you know, that, that Ohio State, uh, wide receiver room they got they got yeah they're loaded. they got three guys that are going <laughs> gonna go in the first round Trayvon Henderson's exactly. a great running back uh, a game we're split on uh, some are calling it the crime bowl not me uh, but New Mexico State New Mexico we're split there mm-hmm. CT uh, CT what do what are you seeing in this game you know Buck and I are on the uh, New Mexico side mm-hmm. uh, New Mexico State you're on uh, UNM what do you see with that CT yeah, I mean, first of all, John is on New Mexico, so I already let, like that. That was the first sign for me. John was on it, so I'm on it as well, uh, with his current success. But I mean, as well, I, I'm just not high in New Mexico State. Um, they made the bowl game last year, but if you take a look at their wins, we were probably their best win, and we know the state of the team during that game. Um, so they had two FCS wins. They had UMass. Like I just wasn't very impressed. So. This season, I'm going to be fading New Mexico State as much as possible. Um, and so this this spot, I do like New Mexico. Um, I also, Jerry Kill might not be coaching. Um, it sounds that. like there's some medical things going on with him. Um, and so he's really the key to their team in a way, I mean, along with Pavia. Um, but he's brought a big energy to that team. So without him, I don't know what they're going to be able to bring. So I'll take New Mexico. Going to be an interesting one, uh, you know, a, a, a game like that, one-point swing at that point, uh, just go with money line. So uh, next game up, Virginia-Maryland. Gross football game. It's just the, the jerseys are going to be terrible. I don't like, I can't even <laughs> begin to think they're going to have this on, like, Big Ten plus plus. It is going to be an <laughs> ugly game. Buckshot, I'm shocked. You strike me as the guy that just blindly take overs and ride it to the bank. What's, what's with the underplay here? Uh, you know, I just don't feel like, in my opinion, I don't really keep up with them that much. It's just basically what I, what I know and just off the schools. I don't really see Virginia putting up too much points. I know Maryland, um, they're pretty electric on the offensive side of the ball, but I think they'll keep Virginia down to around 14, 17 points max. So 
I just feel like uh, it'll be a low-scoring game, some good defense being played, and that's why I'm, I, I put the under. I like that play now that I see the number and I think about, you know, Virginia not being very good uh, yeah. going on the road. I could see that as well. I'm going to take the Rutgers game. Keep riding Rutgers. Hoorah, hoorah, Rutgers raw. Uh, <laughs> I have ties to Rutgers. Go Rutgers. Uh, next game up, going to be interesting. Washington, Michigan State. Uh, Michigan State, new coach. Who's the interim? I love Washington. Big Michael Penix guy. Uh, CT, what are you feeling? Yeah, uh, basically the same as you. Big Michael Penix fan, and it's really tough to know what the state of that Michigan State team is currently. Um, so I'd rather go ahead and take Washington. I'd take them up to three touchdowns probably. And you just never know. Like, you know, Who's that interim coach going to be? How are those players uh, going to respond? So Tennessee, Florida. Buckshot, you, know, you mentioned you, you like Miami. You like mm-hmm. Florida State. Am I sensing some hatred towards the Gators? <laughs> I, I mean, my whole life, honestly, it's been both FSU and Florida. But, you know, I always root for, for Florida teams when they're doing good and um, making runs and stuff like that. Um, I just think Tennessee's going to outpower them, outdog them. Uh, They're not really showing too much this season, the, the games that they played already. I just feel Tennessee outpowers them and probably beats them by two touchdowns, in my opinion. I I agree. That's probably where I'm going to end up. Uh, Florida Florida lost to Utah, and yeah. Utah looked pretty bad against Baylor. So uh, I'm shocked that that spread is only seven. Yeah, um, that's where it gets tricky at. <laughs> right, you're right at that touchdown line. You're like, how? You know, which way is it going to go? The game's at Florida. Swamp's always a tough place to play. Exactly. All right, two more games: Pittsburgh, West Virginia. We got a little rivalry action. CT, what are you feeling? Yeah, I mean, as you said, it's a big rivalry. Um, Both these teams hate each other. The fan bases hate each other. Um, And so I think both teams are really built, especially West Virginia, uh, for a game in the trenches. Um, And so because of that, I I think there's going to be a lot of running clock, um, a lot of long drives. And so because of that, I'm going to go ahead and take the under. Love it. I like West Virginia because – Jerkovic, Djokovic, whatever his name is, has pissed <laughs> off the entire Pittsburgh fan base last week uh, and insulted them all. So that was interesting to me. No doubt. Um, and then, Buck, fi- final game, uh, we have Colorado, Colorado State. So I know you said that you've been following Colorado, coaching mm-hmm. by a lot. Um, it sounds like you have you like what you've seen so far. So tell us um, what you think is going to happen in this game. Man, I I think blowout. I see a blowout. Um Shador Sanders, what he's doing right now with the ball in his hand is is amazing. Travis Hunter, I'm a big fan when he gets on the offensive side of the ball, especially you know his deep his deep threat ability and you know they spread the ball out, uh, spread the ball out a lot. They got a lot of um, Florida receivers uh, on their team that make big plays for them, uh, and I think they're just loaded with great coaching staff. And and I don't see I don't see honestly don't see this game being uh, close. Uh, that's basically what I see. I know it's going to be a good game to watch. Uh, I th- I just think it's going to be a blowout. That's good. Yeah, yeah. And you ahead, you you got you got college game day and uh, the Fox yeah. kickoff show both there. So this is going to game be a game that all eyes uh, are over in the state of Colorado. So uh, Buckshot, we're going to be tracking to see how you do uh, right Please now. Do. <laughs> Sam went six and two. He set the bar pretty high. I don't think we've decided what the winning. Uh, picker is going to get. 
But um, we are so grateful that that you joined us and for all the time that you put into Liberty and the incredible moments that uh, we got the opportunity to watch. And uh, we were we were we've always joked and said, man, if you were around during NIL, you would have you would have cleaned up. You would have all the Lynchburg, <laughs> all the Lynchburg businesses like, hey, can you come into the car dealership? People would have uh, missed missed it by one year. <laughs> yeah, no. And uh, but we, you know, we'll take care of you. You uh, you come up to Lynchburg. We'll make sure we uh, roll out the red carpet. And, cool. uh, I'm gonna again, try to make the homecoming game this year for sure. Absolutely, Chad. Take note. So uh, we'll be in touch for sure, Buck. And uh, cool. enjoy the rest of your night and good luck this Saturday. Sweet. Thank you guys. Got it. Appreciate we'll it. All right, CT. We made it. Uh, we're made on it. to week three. We're we're getting closer to a uh, conference conference play, Mister uh, Mister like seventy five percent. Welcome back, John. Muted. You back? <laughs> no, John's not back. I'm back now. You got me now. Now you're back. Yeah, I got you now. Sorry about that (laughs) amateur hour over here. But uh, I was going to say, why'd you guys boot me out of that segment? You know, I'm too good for it. We only only did that so we could sell your picks at a later date. So we're just trying to think a little bit uh, further down the line. But uh, I got it. We made it another week in the books. Uh, Tuesday night. There's no other place uh, I'd rather be than, than getting a chat. Liberty football, Liberty athletics with uh, everyone here talking gambling with CT. John, any last words? Man, a great show. I really appreciate a buckshot coming on, man. I mean, he's one of my all-time favorites uh, to wear the Liberty red, white, and blue. And uh, you can never take away that win over Baylor that he had. Uh, that was so much fun. Uh, just I was down there for that game, and that that's one of the lasting memories I'll, I'll ever ha- always have of Liberty football. And uh, Buckshot and AGG, they're uh, uh, coming out par- party. There you go, Jake. Uh, name a better duo, Buckshot and AGG. We have not been able to find an AGG since. I know we had Demario. He's a different t- type of player, receiver, but AGG was just next level, and and Buckshot was a the gunslinger bringing it to him uh, each and every week. They were so much fun to to watch play, and uh, you know, so so thankful for him to to have on have on uh, the podcast, and looking forward to you know if he's up in uh in uh, homecoming, we got to get him into uh, Cabana number nine. Ain't that right, Richie? Um, I might have to make the trip up to get into the to to Cabana Nine for homecoming because I'm sure it would uh it would be a good time might rival that uh suite we had uh down in Boca, but um as always thank you everyone for tuning in make sure you get the chance to like and subscribe it really helps us out a ton uh, enjoy the week enjoy the game Saturday and as always stay hydrated stay blessed and stay fly go Flames we'll see you next Tuesday. Thank you.